holds the truth of it? What does it symbolize? Paladin confidence hanging on a tree. Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Horrors Podcast, episode 75. My name is Luke Rodriguez. I've got Jacob Hopkins over here to my right. Chad Troy is on the way, and we are all of ModernHorrors.com. Chad is alive! I'm happy to hear it. I am, too. It was uh, it was actually seriously for real questionable last week. Yeah, I mean, you guys know. The guy's not in good health. Uh, it was it was uh, especially bad this last time. So uh, if you can send him some love on Twitter, I'm sure if his, uh, his, 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 his uh, technology-challenged ass can figure out Twitter, <laughs> uh, he would appreciate it. Uh, but this show is brought to you by the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom um, Howdy. As well as like that, the you? Horror Amino application available on iOS devices and Android devices, as well as the World Wide Web. Special thank you to open up this episode. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, I think most of you guys know, and even some of you guys will be from there, the Sincast. They invited us on last week. That episode aired on Monday, and I had a fucking spectacular time. Yeah, I mean, I did too. You never really know what you're going to get into whenever you go on someone's show. It's like sure. it's like using someone's bathroom for the first time. <laughs> like you, you don't really want to like make yourself at home completely because you don't really know what's going to happen, the ramifications if you fuck something up. Uh, you don't want to be that guy, you know. So uh, luckily, we, we fit in just fine. I think we're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. Yeah, and that's a it's a really mainstream channel. That's what they do, and it's a mainstream audience. And I, I will say, you guys out there listening from there. Thank you so much. You gave us a really warm welcome, and we weren't really expecting that. Yeah, so uh, I guess in an attempt for us to try in some way to return the favor, uh, go check out the CinemaSins videos on YouTube. Uh, they did one on The Witch, which I'm sure a lot of you motherfuckers will just love. <laughs> and uh, I think they did one on Saw 2. Yeah, they, they're uh, especially in October, they like to hit up all the uh, horror films. So Yeah, I mean... You know, go in understanding that what these guys do is a little bit of satire and tearing shit apart. But if you go into it, you know, expecting a good time, you're going to get it. <laughs> right. It is all in fun. And these dudes generally love cinema. So if you watch it and you get pissed off, calm down. It's all a fucking joke. Yeah. And it's really funny most of the time. So, man, you want to talk about funny? You should have been in my house at like two in the morning a couple nights ago. I don't know why you would have been in my house at two in the morning, but uh, if you would have been there, you would have got a scene, dude. <laughs> okay. So, I couldn't sleep. And, and Emily is passed out. She's got to wake up at like five in the morning. So, I was trying not to, to disturb her. So, I was like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go downstairs, man. I, I just need to be somewhere else right now. And I'm, I'm that guy that walks around in his house in the dark. I just don't need to turn the lights on. Same. Yeah, so no big deal. I'm walking around in the dark, and I was like, ah, let me veer off to this bathroom real quick downstairs. And as I go to do that, I feel something touch my foot. Oh. And I was like, yeah, you know, no no big deal. So I go in the bathroom. No. No, yeah. that's a big deal, Jacob. <laughs> no, well, okay. Then, you know, at first I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But, you know, I go to the bathroom. I come back out. I'm like, maybe I should turn the light on. So I turn the light on, dude, and I shit you not. There is... This like eight inch centipede all bowed up at me. He is super <laughs> fucking pissed, man. I was like, oh fuck. You know, I go get the paper towel, I throw it over him, and I try to squash him, and he doesn't budge. I was like, oh my God. And he's angry as the motherfucker. Just flexing underneath your little paper towel. Right. So I had to go get a shoe and just start hammering on the fucking floor. <laughs> and finally, he sort of crushed. And I was like, holy shit. So, uh, 
I was a little nervous for the rest of the night. I was like, why is this big ass motherfucker all up in? I'm glad I didn't get tagged because he had some big ass fucking fangs. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Were yes. you were you wearing pants? Yes, luckily I did have uh, the pajama pants on. Oh, okay, uh, but no shoes or okay. socks. See, in my household, the situation would have been much different. Oh God, uh, I would have been with no pants on, no <laughs> shirt on. Probably standing on top of the highest chair I can find, <laughs> yelling for my wife to come crush the bug. Well, man, I guess in the same vein, last night Emily asked me to take the... Um, my house is being evaded. I guess this time of year, but she asked me to take the trash out. So I just reached into the garage to flip the light on, and right next to my hand was a fucking like quarter-sized body spider. And I can deal with centipedes, but I cannot deal with spiders. Dude, and we have to go. We can't record here. We it's not safe. We, it's definitely not safe. I just started cussing like a sailor. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, get the fuck in here and look at this motherfucker. <laughs> See, one of the things that uh, lets me know that my wife, Dawn, is a kind-hearted person is she does not kill uh, creatures. No matter how much I hate them or I want to, she will always capture them and let them go peacefully outside. Oh, shit. We'd, we'd had to have a fight about this one. <laughs> we'd had to have a fight. I did agree, though, after I smushed it on the wall, that I would do the rest of the dishes. If Emily agreed to clean it off the wall. Oh, no. So she's like, are you serious? I'm like, 100% serious. <laughs> so I did the motherfucking dishes. All right, guys. So we got a pretty good show lined up. Uh, it should be a rather robust show. Uh, coming up in the uh, second segment, probably. Uh, these numbers are uh, subject to change. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> new here? Yeah, the, the, the show can change as we record. It's a very fluid situation. But <laughs> as of now, in the second segment, we're going to be talking about The Alchemist Cookbook, uh, which is a movie that Megan had the honor of seeing and reviewing for us back at South by Southwest uh, this past March. It uh, dropped on VOD platform, Jesus platforms this past Friday, uh, so we thought now would be a good time to check it out. Talk about a movie that you can uh, go go watch right this second if uh, you feel so inclined. After we review it, exactly. I'm excited to talk about this one. It's got it's an interesting film, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that further. Absolutely. After that, uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Stewart's, which is the writer and director of a uh, horror flick that's making its way through the festival scene right now called Tonight She Comes. Uh, we've talked about the trailer here before, I think probably a, a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, he's also got another movie called uh, RWD uh, that's getting ready to hit VOD platforms this month, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit. And uh, he's going to be hanging out with us in our next segment after that, which is going to be a continuation of our sort of spin on 31 Days of Horror. Yeah, so this week, um, we'll, we'll give a shout out also when we get there is CM Eviscerated from our SoundCloud asked about home invasion movies. So we're going to do some home invasion uh, suggestions. Absolutely. And then after that, there is a chance, don't hold me to this shit, but there is a chance that we will we will come back with the rare unicorn fourth segment uh, and, and get a little game knocked out for our new, uh, our new joiners here. Yeah, new listeners, we normally end in a game. Uh, just with this Halloween season, we're kind of changing it up and we're doing a suggestion. So we'll see how, we'll play it out. We'll see how that rolls. See how fresh we're feeling after a couple hours. <laughs> uh, but before we get into any of that, Jacob Hopkins, please, sir, take me through the news feed. So this one is by far, I guess, our biggest bit of news within the genre because people outside of the genre are super excited about this. And this is Jordan Peele's directorial and I believe major motion picture writing. Feature debut? film. Yeah, feature say. film. Let's say that. Because, um, yeah, they do all that shit with their right. show. Um, but feature film. Get Out. A horror film. 
Yeah, so we knew that Jordan Peele, uh, famous for the you know uh, Comedy Central sketch show uh, Key and Peele, we knew that he had a movie coming out called Get Out. We knew that the cast was looking to be fairly strong. We knew that it was going to be in partnership with Blumhouse Productions, which we kind of go back and forth with on this on this show. Uh, what we didn't know if it would be any good. It's true. And um, I will say from the trailer, it looks goddamn gorgeous. Goddamn gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of why I brought up the, the Blumhouse, you know, aspect of things. You can see their hand in it a little bit. A little bit. But not only that, I mean, they can give the guy some money, right? Well, yeah. So, like, when it comes to producing a movie, like, they can they can foot the bill and it's okay. Uh, what seems to be, I guess, even more surprising is that... I guess his camera work is much, and it's hard to tell from a trailer because it's all chopped up and pushed together, but it looks to be a really well shot film and the subject matter we knew would be slightly racially charged. Uh, We knew that was going to deal with a a white girl and her black boyfriend going to meet her parents and there'd be some weird shit going on. Uh, I underestimated the amount of weird shit going on. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's heavy on the weird shit. I, I will say, too, it's acted, or at least what we get to see in the trailer, it looks like it's acted beautifully, very beautifully. Um, like the uh, the black lady that's the, the maid or whatever, uh-huh. and she's like laughing hysterically, but tears are also rolling down her yeah. face. I was like, oh, oh, things, some, some heavy shit is happening right now, right here. Yeah, and we really, this is, what's a better time for this trailer to drop than right now? Huh? That's very true. My only complaint with, and I know, I think you have a little bit of a differing opinion, I felt like I saw too much in the trailer, which is nothing new for the horror genre, but uh, I don't know, I just, I just thought I didn't need to see all that to be excited. Yeah, so... Let me clarify, because okay. we, we, we spoke before, uh, and I, I did say that I disagree with you, and I guess I still kind of do, uh, you know, holistically, <laughs> but let, let's compare it to something like uh, Lights Out sure. or um, shit, what was the last one, Conjuring 2 or something that had like a gazillion trailers and like 40 clips and like, you know, 42% of the movie was out on the internet, you know, legally before the movie even came out. Um I, I wasn't at that level. Like I, I saw enough of Lights Out to legitimately feel like I did not need to see the movie afterwards. Like I know what the twist is. I know this, that, and the other. I know the, the backstories of everybody. I got it all down. Um, I know the the overarching concept. Would I have been happy had they just stopped at like a minute and twenty seconds into the trailer? No, I, I think I would have. I, I still probably would have been just as pumped. Um, but the, they take us down that crazy rabbit hole, right? Where we start to experience all this other like mayhem going down. And I'm not going to say that that probably wouldn't be best saved for like a surprise in the actual movie. Um, but that's not what the, we've talked about this before. That's, that's not what the marketing teams are going for. They're just going to get asses in seats. And I think this trailer does that. It definitely will do that. I just, yeah, I just hate the fact that like, I didn't know that there was going to be certain aspects to this film that are there that I do now because of this trailer. And it's not like I know how we're going to get there or where we go from there, but it's like I would have preferred not knowing that that was even in it. The whole like hunted and hunter sort of aspect. This whole weird Stepford Wives kind of aspect of things. Okay. Um, Like I just had no idea. I just thought, well, I had a whole other vision of how this might go. And so it's like, oh, that's really cool. But like, man, I couldn't imagine if I would have been, that would have been sprung on me. You know? So when you say Stepford Wives, what do you mean by that? There's just like this weird undertone that these people are there and they're being 
somehow transformed to act a certain way. Yeah. Okay. You know, with the maid and the the, the guy at the party that he meets that freaks out on him. I mean, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of weird. Like you could tell that they don't want to be there, but they're being forced to act a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But that alone is also very socially relevant at the oh, yeah, at the time. I so I, I, feel it. I, I understand. Like from a narrative standpoint, again, this is us not really seeing any more than you guys have. Uh. But I, I think that the timing is great of this. I think it's going to do extremely well at the box office, and I I really want to see it. I'm excited to see how Jordan's normal casual fans react to this movie. There were even there even. Even in the trailer, there were a couple of one-liners. Like, this is not a comedic movie, but I, I think I laughed or at least cracked a grin at least once during that trailer. Fair enough. So, let's go to comedy. Speaking of comedy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. If you don't know, there is a TV series of that. I have not watched it, admittedly, other than two episodes, I believe, the first two. But, man, people loving it. Apparently, uh, was it on Stars, right? Yeah, yeah. Stars is loving it. Renewed for season three. So you haven't watched any more than just a couple episodes of season one? Yeah, that's right. Damn. It's just so hard for me to get into a television series. It really is. It's just not my bread and butter. What? I just, I just don't like it, man. I don't. It's one of those weird, hard things. I just. I don't like the way TV presents something to me. I, for whatever reason, like these one-off seasons, like Netflix likes to do, um, even when they're not one-off, I don't know. So, like the the mini series, you're more into. There you go. Like if it can fall more firmly into a mini series, I think I'm more apt to like it. And it's not. Maybe it is a little bit predisposition to that, but I just think it's the storylines handled better. You know, because it can get a little sloppy if there's no end in sight yeah no i see that and once you deal with multiple seasons you start having you know loose ends everywhere and like you said it's just it's just sloppy so i can see that going in uh of course we didn't know that something like stranger things was going to get another season or something but it was very much a succinct neat heidi story if it ended after season one then that's okay. It was, it's just done. Same thing with, uh, you know, True Detective, whenever that came out. Like, yeah. if, if that, in in that situation, it's a little bit different because that story did finish. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it, it almost becomes a bit too much to ask to follow these people for, you know, seven years of your lives <laughs> for, you know, for, right. for some shows. You yes, know? absolutely. You, you've basically hit the nail on the head of my feelings towards things. So as far as Ash versus Evil Dead is concerned, uh, I actually fell out of the first season uh, around the fourth or fifth episode. It got a little goofy for my taste. Um, okay. But then like Megan and like a lot of pe- other people from the website were just saying how fucking good it was. So one day I just had some spare time and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me queue it up. Let me finish season Power one. Power through, man. Power, Power through. through. And it actually did get a lot better. It was, oh, okay. uh, it's still really funny, um, which is it's fine. They're obviously taking that that um, you know Evil Dead two and three approach yeah, like to that the television army show. of darkness kind of thing, right? Yeah, and that's okay. Not necessarily what I want from like my Evil Dead. I like sure. my Evil Dead as like the the new remake Evil Dead or the original Evil Dead, a little like, darker, a little grittier. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, but fuck it, man. Bruce Campbell's the man. Uh, he, he's he's really funny. That sporting cast is really good. I haven't seen any of season two yet, but the fact that it's already been greenlit for a season three uh, does not surprise me. I'm sure plenty of people will tune in. This definitely strikes me as something that's like a fan fodder. You know, this is really just made for the fans, and, and those people that are hardcore fans seem to love it. So I don't think they really give a shit if somebody like me, who's not the biggest fan, you know, cares one way or the other. Yeah. Which is really, and honestly, the way for them to do it, I think. You know, don't worry about motherfuckers like me. It's not for me, so don't try to get me into it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that makes sense, man. That makes sense. I'm with you. Um, I'll probably get there eventually, but it's not on my... Uh 
high on my priority list, I'll say. I'd better see a Bubba Hotep uh, series. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? You know, they actually said today with the uh, release of the Bubba Hotep Blu-ray yeah. that the the filmmaker is actually still holding out hope for a sequel. Ah, do that, do that. That's a goofy movie. I like it that. is a goofy movie. Speaking of TV, let me... Um let me kind of eat my words I just said a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, let's talk about Channel Zero. This is coming on the Sci-Fi Channel, which we have sat here and chat on multiple times. At least I have. I know for sure. We've we've uh, we've group chat before. Right. You know, Sharknado four, five, six, however many they're at now. I mean, this is that channel right here. That that's that's their bread and butter, their go-to. Like, look at this shark and a tornado bullshit. And to be fair, like Sharknado is one of their better produced movies with a ton of cameos and whatnot. So like Think about that. You just said one of their better <laughs> Think about what you just said. I mean, and you're not wrong. That's the problem. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of their like middle of the road products or even just um uh, what would we say flubby? Flubby? Oh my god. Like yeah. they feel a little flubby. And um so we we've been talking about Channel Zero at least once on the show before. Uh we're recording this episode on a Tuesday. It will come out tomorrow on Wednesday, but currently it is Tuesday, so that means the episode, the premiere episode airs tonight. Uh we were lucky enough to get an advanced uh several episodes, I guess yeah, we like- we could say. Four, five, maybe? And we can't really say too much about the rest of them, but we can talk about the premiere episode. So, Jacob, what did you think? All right. I'm not going to lie. I watched the first episode and then immediately had to watch second episode. No shit. I did not. I did not. I, I kept up my end of the bargain. I did not continue. I, I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. But I will keep my promise uh, with the email that I will not have any spoilers because that would be bullshitty. Oh, yeah. Total bullshitty. I immediately could not believe... That this was a sci-fi production. Okay, so let's start there. Okay, before let's we get into the story or anything, uh, this show is shot like a movie. It Absolutely. Is, it yes. is extremely cinematic. The color palettes that they're using, none of it screams television. That's where I will start. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we got a very raw uh, copy to look at, so there's no commercials in there 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 are definitely marked spots i guess for commercial breaks but that that also helps to have you look at it in that aspect and it's just absolutely gorgeous special effects look amazing acting's really good i mean it was um i was dumbfounded best thing i've seen on tv so far okay so i don't think i'm there yet okay you're not there yet i don't think i'm there yet i am every bit as intrigued after watching episode one as I was before watching episode one, I don't think I really gained any of the answers that I wanted. And I, I think that's kind of the point because oh, yeah. they want you to come back for subsequent episodes. Um, I almost just kind of wanted just a little bit more of what the fuck is going on. Uh, episode two kind of helps a little bit, but you still don't get any answers. There's definitely breadcrumbs. It looks like it's going to be like that every episode, a little more of the breadcrumbs. Yeah, I don't, need, I don't need answers because I do want to tune in, not necessarily week after week, but I do want other people to turn tune in week after week. Um, and I believe that episode one does enough to make you want to do that. So let's talk about the the actual plot of the, of the sure. show. It's an anthology TV show. So every season, which... Leads me to believe they're already cooking up multiple. It's going to take place with a different story. And season one is based on Candle Cove. Am I, is that yeah, that's right. Candle Cove, yeah. Which was this weird TV show that it came on in like 86. But only the children remember being able to see it. None of the adults remember actually being able to see this show. And maybe, perhaps, the show makes 
kids do weird, crazy shit? No I mean, one's one hundred percent sure. I will say that there's there, there's the interesting like question that is posed is whether or not a certain character is crazy, or if this this children's show actually makes people kill each other uh, because there was a series of murders that occurred in like this two or three year span that the show aired. Whenever the show went off air, the 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 killings stopped. So that is a cool concept. I'm down with that. Um, let's talk about the effects. I like the effects, man. I mean, there is the... Let's go ahead and hit the big guy, the the, the tooth kid. Uh, because okay. sci-fi seems like they're really heavily pushing the tooth kid lore, I guess, with this series. Which kind of makes me think maybe he is our um, overarching kind of character, perhaps, between seasons. Okay, I can see that. Um, I will say that I think uh, tooth kid looked weird in the clips and trailers that I saw. Uh, much better in the actual show. I thought yeah. it looked really good. Um, it, it it did look to me, though, like just like what it is. A guy wearing a suit covered in teeth. Right. But isn't that what we want? Sort of. I will say I thought the um, the weird, and this could just be a personal thing, the weird puppets really struck me as uncomfortable. Okay. Um, I didn't really get that with the puppets. I thought there's a, a skeleton that I was not sold on in the effects at all. It looked sure. like a dude wearing a shirt. Um but the thing uh, is, I, I never mind. I won't say anything. But the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> I guess this isn't really a spoiler. The thing is, I don't know that that wasn't a dude wearing a shirt. Um, so I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. So either it was a shitty effect, or or it's there's more to that than I realize at this point in time. I feel like there's more to that than you realize, but I think there's also more to it than I realize. <laughs> okay, being okay. one episode ahead of you. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm totally with you though. Okay, cool. Um, so, should people watch it? It, it? it debuts tonight, and by tonight we mean yesterday. Whenever you hear this, <laughs> whenever you listen to this, it has already aired. Uh, should you go back and watch it? I say absolutely, you should. Um, I'm intrigued to where they're going to take this thing. I really am, and if nothing else, just from the pure quality of effort and work, it looks awesome. Yeah, and now that uh, I, I know a lot of people are still out there watching American Horror Story, that show is just dead to me. Um, but I really liked what that show could have been, and I think that this is almost, uh, I mean, it's very different, extremely different tonally than American Horror Story, but I feel like this can fill that void for people that are bummed out that they never got the American Horror Story that they wanted. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. this can be that. It, it reminded me of like that first impression you had when you watched the original it miniseries okay like uh, i think how people think they remember the it's miniseries sure. being you know I, I feel like i got a little bit of that vibe which was a good thing i thought okay so two yeses watch two yeses it. do it robert england if uh for whatever reason you're listening to this show new and you don't really know anything about horror uh welcome robert england is the guy who played freddy krueger and he's got a hell of an idea, I think, at least, for uh, bringing back Freddy to the new generation. I'm not so sure. You're not so sure? I'm not so sure. So, uh, much love to Robert England. He is one of the godfathers of horror as we know it. Put him on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, he's one of the guys that would be on Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Uh, and people have asked him if he would play, you know, if he would don the Freddy glove one more time. And his, his answer is pretty much always the same. He's, I'm, I'm too fucking old. I can't, I can't do this. I want geriatric, you know, Freddy running around. <laughs> um, but at a recent, I think it was like a Comic Con or some shit like Most that. Most likely. Um, someone asked him, like, 
like, yeah, you know, how would he approach a different uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Could it be rebooted again? And he kind of dropped this little nugget. He's like, hey, I've actually been kicking around this idea for a while. And uh, the, the basic premise is that all of these kids that have grown up hearing stories of Freddy Krueger just from living in the town or something uh, would all have nightmares like they have in other films, but because they've never seen Freddy and there's never been like, you know, a fucking selfie, you know, taken with Freddy Krueger anywhere. No one really knows what he looks like. So he would, Freddy would be open to interpretation, uh, given the imagination of the child that is having the nightmare. I mean, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know if I would want it all in one movie. See, I don't know if this works better maybe as like a, a television series perhaps where different seasons, different Freddy, different episodes, different Freddy. I don't know. But the concept itself, I think, is interesting and worth perhaps exploring. I guess. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like I always – and I, look, look – Full disclosure, I'm not the biggest Nightmare on Elm Street fan anyway. Um, I always like my horror a little bit grittier, and uh, Freddy has always had this air of comedy about him. Um, First one's fairly gritty. Second, a little bit. But after the third, we definitely jump into some weird comedy, like slapstick Looney Tunes shit. Yeah, but even in the first one, in the alley scene where his arms get super long, and he's, you know. like it's, <laughs> I think that was supposed to look scary back then. It's just, you know. I don't know. I mean, you know. <laughs> Even when I was a kid watching, like it never really did it for me. It always just seemed kind of goofy and uh, his little one liners and shit that, that obviously got worse as as time continued. But uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm just freddied out right now. And I don't think that this is an idea that would make me interested in in a, in a reboot. I do think that it would make some special effects people very happy because they would have a lot of stuff to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, personally, I'm not knocking down the wall to see a, another Nightmare on Elm Street movie made. But if you're going to do it, at least... I guess, attempt to do something original and different and unique. And I think this is a way to do that. So does, does his theory hold up though? Okay. Because the whole thing is like, well, kids have never seen Freddy. So what would they know to, to, to have nightmares of? Is that how this works? Because See what like, you're isn't Freddy just a being? He's not necessarily right. an imagination. Like he does exist. He just only exists in nightmares. So why would he look different to every kid? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're turning him more into a boogeyman. I agree. But I think even the the movie series kind of got away from what the the original was had him scripted as. Because really, personally, if you're asking me, if I said, you know, hey, Jacob, sit down and, and script a brand new Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm going to go back to that original concept of here was this sicko pedophile, pedophile kind of yeah. dude. Yeah, and make it real dark and gritty like that, that the parents came and they burnt his ass up and now he's this vengeful fucking spirit. Uh, that would be way more interesting. But yeah, the, I think the, the movies themselves got away from it and he just became the nightmare boogeyman. Yeah. And I guess if we're going with boogeyman, that makes a little bit more right. sense. But I'm like you, like I want to have that, you know, gritty remake, you know, no jump scares, just this, the fucking spirit of a child molester coming back to, to capture the prey of his town once again. Like that seems fucking terrifying, uh, but we're never going to get that. No, that's not going to happen. Especially... I couldn't imagine them actually taking a, a well-known franchise like that or the, or the Freddy Krueger character, which makes no doubt how much money that fucking thing makes every Halloween. You know what I mean? Or fuck it. Maybe some fan film comes around and just blows our balls off. Wink, wink, wink. They'll never make any money with it. Though. No, no, that's a shame. You can't. 
All right. Any more you want to say about Freddy Krueger? I've kind of now that we went through it, I'm kind of not. Yeah. I'm kind of like I started on a high and now I ended on a low. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm done. It just doesn't make sense for me. So we can move on. Mainstream media, we don't really do it that often. But hey, man, a Matt Damon movie called The Great Wall caused a fuck ton of controversy with a teaser trailer. Not even like a trailer trailer, a teaser trailer. It got accused of being uh, whitewashed, right? Did you did you catch all that? Well, let's be real. I mean... Right, no, let's be fair, though. <laughs> let's be a little fair. Let's talk about it in a little fairness, though. At no point did we know whether Matt Damon's character was supposed to be some kind of Chinese hero, right? He was just some dude in this teaser trailer. That's fair. And I believe this new trailer we got addresses the fact that he is, in fact, a foreign mercenary. Some sort of wandering traveler of some sort. Right. And apparently he has maybe some sort of mission, but all that aside, who the fuck knew that there was going to be monsters in this fucking movie? Dude, I, I got to tell you, I I saw this trailer. I can't, I can't remember when I was at the movies watching. Maybe it was Don't Breathe. I saw this trailer and I was like... Yeah, that looks fucking stupid, you know? <laughs> like, it reminded me, what was that one movie with fucking dragons with Matthew McConaughey and, like... Oh, uh, um, shit, yeah, and it has Christian Bale Christian Bale, it. yeah, yeah. Reign of Fire, that's it. That's what it was. I remember, I'll never fucking forget, because that was the night that Halloween H2O came out. Oh, shit, and, uh, don't forget. me and my mom and a shit ton of kids, because she would always say that she was the moms of, like, me and my brothers... <laughs> Like all of our friends, she takes you know, like us to the of twenty. You know, for real. Like one of them was Filipino. And, and like, no, I adopted. Don't worry about <laughs> right, that. Right, and that's what she would say. So uh, we're all just mobbed up, deep as fuck, going to the going to the movies, and they sold out. They sold oh, out, man. and three of us that were there were not allowed to go see Halloween H2O. We instead had to go see Rain of Fire, whatever the fuck that was, and that was a pile of shit. I mean, I don't hate Rain of Fire like that, but I also don't have a negative experience to, to tag onto it, so that may be part yeah, of it. Imagine wanting to watch Halloween, and then you had to go watch, sit through <laughs> Rain of Fire. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it, I assume this is going to be about like, like a fucking dragon or something. You know, like I knew that there was going to be some big threat. I just didn't know what it was. And then I start seeing shit thrown around, you know, today, yesterday, uh, calling it a Hollywood monster movie. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly, I guess, what you would call it. There is... Um Heavy on the CG. Oh, yeah. Um, but they've done that weird... And, I mean, it is coming out of, like, China. So, it, they, they have this certain aesthetic they like for their films. So, it does blend well. I mean, nothing really looks super realistic. You know? Nothing, I don't think. Right. Not even the fucking chairs that yeah, they're the sitting Yeah, the costumes on. look yeah. really amped up. I mean, hell, even the way they... It almost looks like they've done some kind of weird filtering or makeup or something on the faces. So, they have this weird kind of ultra brightness to it so if you use cg abundantly in a movie that where, where none of it looks particularly real you would think that it would stand out a little bit less and maybe it does uh but there I, I still don't know what the big threat is but there's at least one part of the new trailer where there's just like hundreds of thousands of little minions trying to get up the wall i mean the, the great wall right <laughs> it is a very great wall <laughs> yeah um I have a feeling, based on your comments of Rain and Fire, this one's not going to be up your alley because it feels like a shit ton of little miniature dragons trying to run up this fucking wall. Okay, that's what that's what I was really hoping you weren't going to say. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about your luck. So, is this a fucking dragon movie? Because if it is, we do not need to be parading this thing around as a monster movie. This is a fucking dragon movie. I, I don't know, man. I like I did the whole little. Uh, Pause, pause, play, pause, play, pause, yeah, play yeah. thing. And I did catch a nice still image of one of these things 
with its very large mouth open and has a very large roll of teeth, but he's just a maybe generic monster. I don't know if there's... Because it looked like part of it, there was something with a bigger claw hand than what this thing had. So I don't know if there's multiple monsters and there's little monsters, but... I don't know, man. Just don't let it be a fucking dragon. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there is a lot of weirdness going around this movie. Like, between the, the unnes- in my opinion, unnecessary controversy with Matt Damon's casting, now it's not even the movie I think people thought it was going to be, and now it's this monster movie. Like, where the fuck is this thing going to land? And maybe they're just trying to find, like, a home for it. Like, hey, what, are we, what can we call this thing? Right. Let's call it a monster movie. But no, like... Godzilla is a monster movie. That's very true. You know, King Kong is like a monster movie. Like, yeah. this is a fucking dragon. <laughs> like, you know, a dragon let's, movie. Let's call it what it is. Like, was Reign of Fire a monster movie? Uh, yeah, you know what? I've never thought about that, and I would probably say no. No! It's more of a fantasy action movie. That's exactly so now what that, it is. Now that we've talked it through, I think that's where I'm going to put this one. A fantasy action movie. Just label it under fantasy-ass bullshit. Goddamn. That, that's, that hurts. I'm sorry, Jacob. <laughs> fuck. I, we don't even need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> fuck off. I'm sorry, Matt Damon. Get the fuck out of here, sir. Hey, hey, I got no beef with Matt Damon, though. I think uh, he's one of those guys. No, I think, I think you do. Oh, well, fuck Matt Damon. <laughs> no, but he's got his, uh, my homeboy, ah, uh, oh, shit, I lost his name now, Pedro. He's um, the Red Viper in Game of Thrones. I've never seen an episode. You son of a bitch. Does that shit have dragons in it, too? It certainly fucking does. But, it, but then, uh, yeah, you know, come on, man. Come on. You can file it right next to to uh, the Great Wall under fairy tale. Fucking 300 people just immediately turned off this fucking podcast. Hey, sorry, man. Sorry. Well, he's in it too, and he looks way more awesome than Matt Damon, so. Okay. Whatever. If you want to. <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously not going to go see it, so whatever. No, I mean, I don't want to see it at the uh, theater. And I don't really even think it's um it's worth talking about because of the people trying to make it a monster movie but i think you're right i think it's just fantasy action that's my that, yeah that, that's that's really why i wanted to bring it up is because it's being called a monster movie we want to set the record straight for anybody who might be interested the the, the fucking soul voice of fucking hollywood horror entertainment says <laughs> this is not a monster movie this is fantasy ass bullshit <laughs> yep so uh you probably won't see a review here that's our newsfeed, man. All right, man. So let's go ahead and take our first break. Whenever we get back, we're going to be jumping in with, uh, what are we doing? The Alchemist Cookbook. The Alchemist Cookbook. So stay tuned. We'll get into that when we get back right now. This one is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way feel like it's going to be so divisive there's going to be two camps uh hate it and love it you think do you think there will be middle ground with this film i don't i don't think uh, i don't think there's room I don't, I don't see how there could possibly be middle ground uh for for this one uh we're talking about the alchemist cookbook uh this is the one that we were able to check out back in march and by we i mean uh megan was able to go check it out uh for modern horrors and review it uh, i had kind of been keeping myself purposefully in the dark around this one like we typically tend to do whenever we want to enjoy something um so last night was actually my first time watching and just to be real i was looking at the timer a whole bunch on there because we go about 13 minutes before anything happens yeah yeah for real i i had to do the uh the old timer check too which i not always a big fan of having to do. I tried to refrain, but it was just, it became too much. And yeah. I think I was like, all right, what the fuck? 45 minutes in, I thought the biggest thing happened. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going places. But then we hit like a weird 
lol again, which was interesting, I thought. Okay, so here's how it worked for me. Okay, give it to me. Bored as fuck for the first 13 minutes. Okay. Okay. But then right at like 13 minutes and 20 seconds, like something happens. And that something happens, that that something that happens intrigued me enough to be like something else is happening back here. In, yeah. Like something is going on. Like, yes, this is just a dude out in the woods fucking with some chemistry stuff. But now all of a sudden there's this something in the woods behind him. And we don't know if he's trying to capture it. If it's trying to capture him, we don't know anything about it. All we know is that this guy is kind of loony. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got some kind of book that he's making something out of, mm -hmm. and there's some freaky-ass sounds. That's really the plot synopsis for the movie right there. Yeah. It's 100% the plot synopsis. And I think it's the, uh, or at least I, I think that's what it's going for. It's trying to go for this, is that something real out in the woods? Yeah. Or is this just because he's playing with a lot of weird fucking chemicals, and mm -hmm. he's slowly kind of losing his mind? Uh, and I'm not sure that it really answers that question at any point i think you could make arguments one way or the other you you can uh, i'm just not sure that you could put a stamp on it so i holistically if we look at this With movie your whole body and soul yes i liked this movie okay i liked it quite a bit oh. um i went from being bored as fuck yes. as i would say in the beginning um to thoroughly entrenched in what was going on um and then Cortez showed up. Yeah, I like Cortez as a character. I laughed so hard. Like, I cannot tell you how long and how hard I laughed at this motherfucker. He feels real. He oh. feels real. And that's pretty amazing because there are literally only two human characters in this entire movie. Uh, and if either one of them fucks up, I feel like this whole movie, whether you love it or hate it, just goes to the wayside. But neither one really fucked up, I don't think. I think they... They handled it and and carried it well. You got two humans, a cat, and a possum. <laughs> like that's that's basically what you're working with here. Um, and yeah, that's gonna rub some people the wrong way. It's very, uh, you know, Megan said it straddles that line between like art house and horror and comedy. Um, sort of, if you can straddle three things at once, like this does that. And that I I wasn't sure that I was interested, but let me draw a comparison. Okay, Please do um, darling. Oh well, yeah. I liked this, and you know I am a Mickey Keating fan. I put this in the same ballpark as Darling, but I liked it so much more. Okay. That seems... Uh, I, I, I see the comparison. Mm. I don't know if I liked it more than Darling, uh, but I, I, think, I, mm, I think I like it. I know that seems uh, noncommittal, but I, I don't really know if I can commit at this particular junction. It was a super slow burn, but it was always putting pressure on the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. And I think the only time that I really, um, I, f I feel reserved about it is I felt when it finally did hit the gas all the way down, I feel like it hit the brakes suddenly. And I, and with this kind of movie, I don't know if you can, you can do that slow build up, hit the gas and then suddenly let back off. I don't think mm -hmm. it works. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I, I'm not sure that we ever get out of like a, third gear i guess <laughs> well, i mean we, we we stay in first for a really long time we hit second and we're kind of cruising third comes along and then we kind of go back down to two all of a sudden when it feels like we had room to go up into four if we wanted yes. to yes um the opportunity was there 
I don't know why it wasn't explored, and perhaps the fact that it's not explored makes it all the more intriguing. Uh, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, what I will say is that it is pretty. Um, I like production the, value is good. I, yeah, I like the color palette. It's very like bronzish. I will say. Yeah. Um, something that I noticed. I don't know if you did as well, but any time that the camera is still. The character on the screen is also still. Anytime mm-hmm. that the character on the screen is moving, mm-hmm. the camera is moving as well. It almost replicates this weird sort of cat and mouse game that might or might not be going on outside in the woods as well. And I thought that was pretty cool. A nice little touch. Yeah. Uh, sound design is a major point of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really the, where the, a lot of the creep factor comes in. And of course he's playing all these different kind of music and the music kind of adds to the vibe and, and helps tell the story. Definitely one I would advise if you do want to watch this or if you're interested, watch this at night in the dark with the sound really cranked. Yeah. And speaking of the music there, when do you think this takes place? I know this is like a hot topic right now with movies, like as far as time frame when it is, uh, but you get them blasting cassette tapes, right? Uh, with like old school acid rap, acid rap, like Isham and like this is like really funky stuff. But then you go from that to like minor threat, like sort of punk music. And like, it's, it's hard to say like when this movie takes place because maybe he's listening to tapes because that's what is popular right now. Now, or maybe listen to tapes because he's hauled up in the woods, you know, in this in, in a quarter of a trailer, you know, with only shit available that he that he has with him. Based on uh, a few other products that kind of help place, uh, you know, the Doritos bag, some okay. of the, uh, the car, um, just a couple of things. I'm going to say late 80s, like very late 80s, early 90s. OK, that is that is the vibe I got from this. How do you feel about the I know we said the the production value is yeah. good, but I think that and there there are very few of them. Okay. But the visual effects that are present, oh. I thought were very good. Yes, yeah, they it, yeah. The, there's one effect that I I didn't really care for so much, but it wasn't because it was bad. Did it have to do with a tone of some sort? Mm, Audibly, re- no, 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 okay. no, not really. I I know the one you're talking about though. Eh, that didn't really bother me so much. I don't really understand that. Okay, yeah. Um, but I I don't understand a lot about this movie, so <laughs> it, it's hard to say. Uh, it's just one of those things, man. Like I I I, I can't explain it to you. Uh, if you wanted me to tell you what the ending is about, so don't worry. There's no spoilers here because I literally I can't, can't spoil it. Can't. Um, so that's going to depend on you whether you like that kind of movie or not. I can say. That um we we typically like the more ambiguous stuff, um but I'm not I don't think I'm as into it as you are sure but I liked this movie more than I like most movies that are this ambiguous. Yeah, I, I normally do too. I just I think personally I would have liked when we kind of really got into the action to to just jump right into it and it didn't have to be more action. I just thought that the plot kind of. Was we were diving in and we kind of backed off, which was weird. But I will say, I do like the fact that this is a cast of two black men, mm. and we did not try to pitch it as such. Uh, there's a lot to try to do this whole race thing and make it like a gimmick, and yeah. I don't like it because it feels cheap when you're trying to make uh, your cast a gimmick. You could have cast anybody in this film. It, it wouldn't have mattered, and it would have been the same film. So yeah. I like the fact that they did that, and it wasn't called out to be gimmicky. Yeah, I really liked that as well. I mean, it's literally two black dudes in the woods that, you know, and that's not really... 
That's not the story. It's not harped on. Yeah, in they any just way. could have been anybody. Um, so about that, like uh, the the writer director of the movie, uh, we had a conversation with him back at South by Southwest, and it, you know, sort of came up like, how does this happen? Like, how do you mm. uh, like what is what was your inspiration to this? And apparently, he said he'd been making you know a whole bunch of movies with white dudes in the city, and he said he wanted to do the exact opposite. So he <laughs> put some black dudes in the woods, and uh, you know, it sounds like overly simplified sure. when that's the case, but like. It's true. This isn't really something that you see that often. Like um, black lead actors who aren't characterized or anything. Yeah. Cortez a little bit, but like you sure. said, Cortez is real though. Yes. Like you get the feeling that like he's a real guy. I feel like I've met him before. You know, absolutely. Um, and but the rest of it, it's not. It's not played up for any sort of reason, which is is really uh, commendable. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, literally, you could cast it any way. Females, any you know race, gender, whatever. It didn't matter. Uh, that wasn't really the main focus and the two guys did it perfectly uh, it's really just about this dude and you as a viewer i think i think that's the kind of the fun part you as the viewer really have to make the decision whether or not you believe that he's accomplished his goal of maybe summoning something i guess or if he's maybe may, I, yeah i'm not even sure if that's his goal uh, you know or if it's just because he's fucking with a whole lot of sh- chemical shit he shouldn't be fucking with yeah because there's there's other stuff that happens throughout the movie that that leads your mind to it's purposeful it's purposeful like they want you to question whether or not he's insane or whether or not this is real but what he's trying to do um and i guess we'll get off this soon because i don't want to beat a dead horse but like what he's trying to do is relatively unclear um he's speaking he's speaking at things as if it's already there right but at the same time he's performing actions to make it want to appear so I don't know. And maybe we're talking about two different things. I, I, I honestly do not know. All I know is that I liked it. I, I first 13 minutes, I thought it was just drudgeful nonsense. Uh, but right after that, uh, I was in the entire time. I liked it very much. I recommend that you watch it. I'm not necessarily going to recommend it. I, I think it's going to be a tough sell for a lot of people. Uh, I can't say the motherfucker doesn't know how to use an axe. Uh, he doesn't know how to sharpen an axe, but that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to throw that out there. But I like that, too. I like that, too, the, the fact that he's not, you know, Ryan Reynolds all jacked up with sure. his shirt off, chopping down <laughs> sure. trees. You know, like, he's a, that's that's me trying to chop down <laughs> a twig in the woods. Uh, oddly enough, though, as weird as that ending is, I do like the ending of the film. Mm. I felt like I uh, was torn to the journey. But if you liked... I don't know if it's as good as Black Mountainside, but if you like weird movies like that, that weird slow burn where you're not sure, or even maybe The Black Coat's Daughter where nothing's totally spilled out to you. I think you will like it if if anything that's that slow is way off of your radar, don't don't bother with it. Yeah, and I know it's where I mean you 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 bring up the Black Mountainside comparison. Uh, I see that I I would go a step further and say this is even less eventful than Black Mountainside. Yes. Um no. so if you couldn't get through that one, you're not going to make it through this one. The comparison that I keep coming back to is Darling because you're focused on that one person for the majority of the time. Not a lot happens. The stuff that does happen is up to interpretation. Um, so if you really liked Darling, uh, but you could live without the the retro black and white and swirly, you know, uh, throwback graphics, give this one a shot because I think it'd be up your alley. VOD uh, right now, right? As soon as you listen to this. Right now. VOD. It came out on Friday the uh, 7th, I believe that was. So it is available right now. I say you can check it out. Uh, I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's going to be a tough sell for a lot of people. But if you like the kind of shit that we're talking about, then of course, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, I'll say don't just to uh, kind of really hit home that yeah. divisiveness. Um, so yeah, just think about your personal wants and needs and then go from there.
All right, so we're going to go ahead and take our next break. Whenever we get back, we're going to be talking to Matt Stewart, who is the writer and director of Tonight She Comes. It just had its world premiere, so we're going to catch up. It's not. I don't think. I haven't seen it yet. Um, So we're going to catch up with him about his world premiere as soon as we get back after this. All right, so we are being joined by Matt Stewart, and I'm, we kind of butcher names here, but I'm not butchering that, right? No, no, I actually was surprised you got it right the first time, too, like way back a few episodes ago. Nailed it. That's kind of our thing, is yeah. we never get we never get names right, so I'm, I'm glad we got that one. We're batting one for like a yeah. thousand. I'm glad to be the one out of a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you kind of had a big weekend, right? I mean, you are the writer and director of Tonight She Comes, and this is something that we've been talking about on the show for you know several weeks now, if not months at this point, and uh, you just had your world premiere, right? I did, yeah, over in the UK. Yeah, it's been kind of an insane weekend. So um, word out of Twitter so far, uh, we haven't been lucky enough to check it out for ourselves yet, but Buzz is good. So what was that experience like for you? Uh, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was a little nerve wracking being the world premiere over in a different country. I'd never been to the UK before. Um, But, you know, the audience over there at uh, Grimfest where you played, super cool. And like they were playing some great films leading up to this. And, you know, I was worried about that, too, because it was like, well, shit, like they're playing some really good stuff. So, like, I hope I hope I don't let them down with my film. And uh, but no, like the total opposite, like they they were like laughing their asses off and like cringing. Uh, I got a few just like, oh, like at certain moments. And like, it, yeah, it was just insane. Like everyone that talked to me afterwards was like kind of having a blast. So is this the first time that you've had like a uh, like a big premiere like that in film festival yeah uh so i did with my previous film which is like a found footage kind of way smaller film uh it was at some festivals but i unfortunately never got to go so like this was sort of the first time i've actually experienced a film of mine in like a you know legit film festival and in fact i had never even had a cast or crew screening or anything so like this is the most this is the first time that more than like three people have seen the movie at once so Matt, you mentioned there there were some laughs and also some cringes. What kind of uh, what kind of film can we expect from this? Is it a little more on the comedic side, or they're just sprinkled in, I guess, to uh, let some relief happen? Yeah, I would say definitely more sprinkled in for relief. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a horror comedy, although I think it is fairly funny at moments. But it's not. I'm not really going for like jokes necessarily. It's just kind of like. I like to find humor in like just super ridiculous situations or like people are having a terrible time, but it's funny to us. So for those that don't know, I know, I mean, we've talked about the trailer before on the site, but for those that are just now tuning in, what is Tonight She Comes? Like what, what do people expect? Like what is the, yeah. the elevator pitch? So it's basically, it's a slasher film, Cabin in the Woods sort of deal, uh, set in the modern day, but kind of has some like retro sensibilities, uh, very 80s synth heavy score. Um, But I don't know, I just kind of wanted that fun, like 80s slasher vibe, Uh, you know, a little bit from the 70s too, but probably more 80s is kind of what I'm drawing from. And uh, it's just, I don't know, uh, Cabin in the Woods, crazy demonic entities, um, people just trying to stay alive and generally failing at that. (laughs) 
So uh, you mentioned the synth-heavy score, and I was lucky enough to uh, scoop up one of the limited vinyls of the uh, a couple of the tracks that are on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. How did you come across, uh, I mean, how did you forge that partnership? Because this is the guy that's done soundtrack work on, like, uh, uh, shit, uh, We Are Still Here, and, you know, several other indie projects that are, that are really, you know, looked highly upon in the industry. Yeah, he did Beyond the Gates recently, and uh, he's done, like, a whole bunch of really great stuff that, like, like it's been insane. He's had some like an LP on sale that sold out in like a few days, and like yeah, our single sold out super fast. So he's kind of blowing up lately. Uh, but yeah, it's this guy Wojciech Golchewski, and uh, basically I got exposed to his work from We Are Still Here, um, and you know I just saw the movie when it first came out on VOD, loved it, and you know that was kind of around the time when I was thinking about making a movie, and uh, so his name just kind of like stuck in my mind, and. Uh, Man, I don't know. Actually, I'm trying to think. Maybe that was after I already shot the movie. Uh, but either way, either way I, I don't know when the time frame is. But either way, like I, you know, I looked him up on he was on SoundCloud and I like saw one of his other movies, 400 Days, which I've still never seen. But the soundtrack's great. Kind of heard that. And I think I know had known that he was doing Beyond the Gates as well, but I just hadn't heard any of it. And uh, so I just, you know, found his website, shot him an email and was like, Hey, I'm doing this slasher film. Uh, I really like your work. Like, do you want to check out a rough cut? And do you have some free time? And uh, so it was kind of as simple as that. And uh, he was he got back to me pretty quick and was just like, yeah, sure. Send it over. So it's just like one of those crazy things where it's just like, this guy's awesome. He's making great stuff. He's never heard of me. But luckily, he's open to uh, to checking something out that I did. Um, you mentioned that you got some, some, you know, oohs and ahs and, you know, curling, cringing moments. Uh, how, how violent of a movie would you say this is? I've noticed that you, you say it's a slasher more than once now. So how, how gross is tonight? She comes. It's definitely got some, uh, pretty sweet gross out moments. Uh, I saw a couple tweets that said it was like the goriest film of the fest. And I was really excited about that. Uh, so, uh. I don't know. I, the consensus seems to be from people that have seen it so far that it's pretty gory. Uh, it's pretty violent. I wouldn't say it's like a nonstop gore fest or anything. You know, it's like it's got moments in between the violence. But uh, I don't know. I wanted to go pretty, pretty ridiculous with some of these things. So I'm sure you know, but like us indie genre aficionados, uh, we kind of go crazy when it comes to CG versus practical effects. That was my next. Oh yeah, of course. So what do we what do we expect here? It's it's mostly practical. There's uh there are some CG elements, but it's mainly kind of like stitching stuff together, kind of like fixing a few seams or whatever. Um, and interestingly enough, I actually did all the the CG like effects stuff myself. So it's it's very lovingly crafted what is in there. That's cool. Um, have you done CG work before, Matt, in uh, previous projects? Yeah, so I've never done CG on the level of, like, creating 3D characters and, like, that type of stuff. But in terms of, like, a little bit more basic effects or kind of, like, just, like, digital compositing type stuff, I've done quite a bit of that. Uh, in my previous film, if you ever get a chance to check it out, it has, like, a lot of that, and it kind of drove me insane. So I was like, I don't want to do that on this one, so didn't have to do nearly as much but yeah it's just like sitting behind a computer for like three months and doing nothing but visual effects like go you go a little bit insane so let's talk about that other one for just a minute because we actually just had that one sent over and that's set for release uh later on this month on vod 
Oh, nice. So you got a, like a screener of it? Yeah, yeah. We uh, the, the PR company sent that one over. I, we haven't had a chance to watch it just yet. Okay, cool. Um, but I had seen the trailer, and I, I was kind of wondering. I was like, hey, where the hell is this? Because, you know, when I first saw the Tonight She Comes trailer, I was like, let's check into this guy. Let's, is he got yeah, anything else yeah. going on? And we saw this movie, and we both, Jacob and I both, were like, hey, that looks kind of rad, you know? Um, so since that one is going to be available in the very near future. Friday the uh, the 14th, for anyone that's not listening to this immediately when it comes out, uh, the October October 14th. Cool. So what can you tell us that? I mean, you've touched on it. It's more of a found footage thing, but it looks super interesting. So I guess yeah. like when was that filmed and like uh, what what is the story about around RWD? Yeah. So it's actually uh, and I'm shooting myself in the face right now for doing this, but it's called Rewind. And we just gave it a title that's uh, confusing to people because they see it and they're like RWD. It's like you know, like when we thought it up, it's like it's you know it's like the camcorder abbreviation for rewind. Um, but yeah, so I don't know the genesis of it is uh, so we shot it in 2014 in the summer and uh, sort of adapted it from a non-found footage film that I had written like a year before or something that we tried to make didn't happen, and uh, we we're just like, all right, you know, we keep trying to make this movie, it's not happening, so let, let me just. It's just basically me and one other guy. We got into the woods. We shoot this movie. And it's like, I don't know how you guys feel about found footage, but I'm kind of a big fan of the the like ultra like DIY, like super indie found footage stuff where it like feels a little bit more realistic. Uh, You know, like it doesn't feel like we're shooting this thing on like an Alexa with like a huge camera crew. It's like. It's literally just us out in the woods filming. I mean, that was one of the big things with The Visit whenever I watched that. I mean, I turned to Jacob and, you know, this is a found footage movie, but we're sitting here and it's like in fucking 4K on this nice camera. Like (laughs) it kind of takes you out of the element a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm a big fan of like the VHS films and like just like the shitty looking found footage movies. And uh, so, you know, I tried to make it look good, too, but not so good that it looks like a like quote unquote film. Uh, But yeah, so it's basically it's just a it's sort of found footage, sci-fi, horror, time travel movie to spoil a little bit, but not too much. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you get a little bit of the time travel stuff in the trailer. So that's that's not a big deal. I mean, the tag is uh, what is it? Um, Oh, it's got something. uh, Kill your past, rewind your future or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So it pretty much says it right in the tagline, too. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's no secret that it's a time travel movie. And that was kind of another cool way for us to do some sort of back to the future level stuff where it's like, okay, two people made this movie, but you see more than two people on screen at once. So did that sort of uh, like, at what point were you like, this is awesome. Cause you filmed in 2014. And I think in sort of a side conversation that we had, you know, it, it didn't have problems getting distribution. You just had a a problem with the distribution company distributing it. Right. (laughs) So, not yeah, not even necessarily a problem so much, but just it just kind of took a while to come out. Yeah, I, I think it was just one of those things where like it got picked up at a really bad time, like right after the you know the kind of horror season. So then it was like just like well shit, we got to wait until October <laughs> to release this thing, even though it's just been done for like a year. Yeah, I mean that's important though. We talk about that all the time. Like yep. sometimes a movie will come out. Like right now, we're getting all these, you know, festival horror. Not I don't mean like film festival, but like festive horror movies coming out for Christmas stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. And like it kind of makes more sense just to hold off on that and, and do it in a couple of months. Uh, so release window is super important. So it's probably for the best that they waited around for October to to make sure it gets the most amount of eyeballs on it. Yeah, I would hope that 
October's a good time for it. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm super curious to see what kind of like the general audience thinks about it. It's hard to say with found footage, you know, like I'm sure a lot of people will hate it. Hopefully some people will love it too. I like it. So I, I definitely no. think that's a, no. uh, a hard divided crowd, but I think for the ones who do like it, I, I think they will be open, especially to a, an interesting concept with the uh, whole time travel and stuff. But you were talking about distribution. So um, has that been easier with Tonight She Comes? So I haven't really had too much distribution talk with Tonight She Comes yet. Kind of like waiting to seriously dive into that until we get a few more uh, festival reactions. And uh, I mean, what what's great is that we have had so many good tweets. We had We did have like a review that came out that was like blowing me away a little bit, like how positive it was. So... Yeah, so I'm, I'm loving that kind of stuff and, of course, like saving it. So it's like, hey, guys, people love this movie. You should buy it, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know. In that regard, we've kind of already gotten better sort of PR stuff for Tonight She Comes. And like I'm actually working with a PR person this time. So it's like I have a little bit more of an idea of like what's going on this this time around. Going from Rewind, which was a found footage movie, to a much more traditional, you know, sort of style of filmmaking like was that a challenge for you i mean i know you've done shorts and stuff like that before as well but this was like you know a very stark contrast from one feature film to the next was that tough yeah yeah quite a bit different um actually i don't know that it was that tough uh because before rewind i mostly had not done found footage stuff and it i like i tend to actually dp a lot of the stuff that i shoot uh, tonight she comes i did not i had it i had a separate dp for that but um I think the fact that I kind of like own a lot of my own camera gear and like I shoot a lot of stuff just for fun or, you know, for short films or for corporate stuff or whatever. Um, I don't know. I actually like I definitely like this classic traditional style of filmmaking better than found footage for sure. I mean, they, they both have their benefits, but I don't know. It, it, it was a different experience because it was one of the first times that I've ever worked with a separate DP. So, it, you know, it was a lot of me just like literally just directing. So it was interesting in that aspect for sure. Yeah, how, how was that process? Because you went from literally a two man production on Rewind to like right. <laughs> you actually had you know this big cast and crew with um, Tonight She Comes. How how was that putting on that different role and having to step back from doing all the things? Um, I would say it was mostly better. It was definitely a lot more fun on set because. I'm not like changing batteries, like worrying about all this stuff. I'm just, I'm just like, all right, guys, let's run through the scene. Let's do it. And I'm like getting other people to do all the like busy work and stuff. And uh, so it, like it definitely made directing the film a lot more fun for me, for sure. Um, you know, you lose a little bit of control because everyone's got their own opinions on things. Uh, luckily, I, you know, I didn't really have any huge issues with anyone on set. So like ultimately, if I was like, I want it to go this way, they're like, oh, OK, well, you're paying us so yeah let's do it <laughs> but uh i don't know it's just a little bit interesting like giving up some control i might even for the next one kind of go halfway in between because i kind of kind of am a little bit of a control freak so i might want a little bit of that back but uh i don't know i would definitely recommend it if uh if you want to have just like a super fun time on set so you've 
you mentioned that you had a lot of your camera gear and stuff like that, but were you working with like another production company when it comes to like getting the cast together and things like that? Because a lot of times you see these new horror flicks, they go to Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something like that. And I might be wrong here, so please correct me, but I don't think you went in that route. So how did this whole project come together? Yeah. So it, it was kind of insane. It came together really fast. Uh, I had written it last year and then actually I'd written it sort of like in the summer and then uh, I was at Fantastic Fest last year and that's sort of when I like started talking to actors and just like reaching out to people because I was like, all right, we got to shoot this thing. And at that point in time, it was going to be kind of a smaller production. It was going to be like I was going to shoot it and I was gonna just going to get my friends to uh, do a lot of the you know sound and all that type of stuff, like people that I worked with before on those. And then... Uh, ended up meeting this uh this girl who did the makeup for our film and she was like hey you got to talk to this sound guy he's really good and uh so i did that and then he's like so we've got this production company went in met with them we kind of got along really well and uh so then i mean it was literally like the day that i met the people of the production company it's this company called lamplight films they were like all right let's make this so so it was like kind of the fastest like close on a deal ever but uh so they kind of brought a lot of the the crew on the film. Uh, the majority of the cast came through, like, there's this one guy in the movie, Brock Russell, and uh, he plays this character called Philip, and he was one of the first people I talked to about the movie, and he was just a friend of mine, and he was like, hey, you should check out this person for the movie, and this person, and this person, and so, like, I did. I, like, you know, Facebooked all those people and was like, hey, do you want to read this insane little script and uh, do some acting? And luckily like it worked out really well so like it was kind of a good mix of the crew came from the production company for the most part the cast for the most part was like friends of friends or like local people that i had heard of um so i don't know it was just a really interesting process there too like i didn't really audition a lot of people for the movie either i just i sort of watched things they had done before and just was like okay if i meet them and they're cool and they're as good as i think they're going to be then they're in we're starting to hear this more and more often that the people are going to social media to kind of like wrangle up their crew or their cast. And then that seems yeah, to yeah. have worked really well for you this time. Is that something you think you might revisit or maybe even like uh, perhaps the future of casting certain films? It 100% is. I've actually, I won't say who because the people would be like, what? You've never talked to me about this before. But there's, you know, I have some like sort of internet friends or like people that, I vaguely know and they vaguely know me just because we like like each other's tweets and stuff like that. And uh, so I kind of like actually really watch out for that. I'm like, this person, I love them in movies. They're awesome on Twitter. I think they'd be super fun to work with. And I like they're already in the back of my mind for like the next movie. I'm going to call these people up and see if they're interested. Yeah, I mean, this is actually the second week in a row uh, that we've had a filmmaker on that said they reached out mainly through social media to get their their cast. So I think that's really cool. I don't think that's something you could really do in the past. So, yeah, I think it's it's like one of those things where you might think like, oh, that's kind of like awkward or weird. Like, why would you do that? But then you think about it again. It's like, I mean, these people want to work. And so if you seem cool and they seem cool, it's like, why not do it? Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I reached out to you on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up on this one, you've got some additional uh, festival dates to announce, right? I do, yeah. So, uh, although, shit, I should actually look up and see what the, <laughs> what the actual dates are. But I know th- we're playing at the uh, Buffalo Dreams Film Festival in New York. That one I actually don't have an exact date, but I know it's like early November 
And then uh, we're also playing at the Leeds uh, International Film Festival back over in the UK. That one, I believe, is like November 14th, if I'm correct. I should probably look that up to make sure. But uh, yeah, we're actually playing. Like, I've never been to that one, but a lot of the people over in Manchester at Grimfest, like, it's really, it's like an hour away. So a lot of them had been to Leeds before, and they say, from from what I hear, that the event that we're playing at there is a pretty sweet, like, everyone's going crazy, yelling at the screen, getting blackout drunk, and that's kind of the perfect environment for this film. So I'm, like, really excited about that. Like, I even told the audience before we screened the world premiere, I was like, all right, guys, be as loud as possible, please. Yeah. So the review that I read um, earlier said that there is a, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a dick and not mention the, this website's name. If you can remember, please do give them a shout out. Um, oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Hey You Guys. Okay, so it's this UK website. Very cool, very cool. They said that the uh, the the movie is sort of prefaced with a, a play this loud sort of disclaimer. That is true. That is very true. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's something that it's, we kind of saw with the mind's eye recently, and we thought that was really really cool. Yeah, I loved it on the mind's eye. I loved it on uh, the innkeepers, and uh, I know there's like more classic films that have it too, but I can't think of what they are right now. But uh, yeah, I. Ha- pretty much since the first cut I've had play this loud in there. And then I did recently just, I was like, all right, I want to feel like I'm just ripping these guys off. So I added a little extra. It was just like, this film should be played loud, like as hell or something like that. So like, I just, I basically, I didn't want people to think I was being pretentious and I wanted them to get that it was a joke. It's true, but it's like sort of also sets up like, all right, he's going for kind of a more comedic vibe to start this thing off. Yeah, not taking yourself too seriously or anything. So I think that's important. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for uh, the goods on both Rewind, which hits VOD this Friday. That's the 14th, I think, right? 14th. Okay, awesome. And uh, tonight she comes at Buffalo Dreams. Uh, What? Where was that again? Uh, Buffalo Dreams is in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so it turns out then at Leeds, which is in Leeds, UK, uh, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Friday, November 11th, but technically Saturday the 12th because we're playing at 6 a.m. because we're the last film of a four-film marathon. Oh, Woo. okay. I was a little bit worried when I first heard that, but from what I hear, people kind of get their find their uh, their second wind around the last film, so I'm not too worried that people are going to be asleep during it now. That's fine, man, and now you're like the fucking uh, the main event, you know, so it's something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much for the uh, the rundown and the scoop on Tonight She Comes and Rewind. I'm looking forward to both of them tremendously. I will definitely be checking out Rewind uh, like tomorrow or something like that in the very near future. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I hope you don't hate it. Nah, nah, nah. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Whenever we get back, we're going to be rejoined by Matt, and we are going to dive into our second week of our sort of spin on 31 Days of Horror. This time, we're talking all about home invasion. So we'll get into that when we get back after this right now. All right, we are back, and we are going to sort of make an amendment on what we said at the beginning of the show. We warned this could happen. Yeah, we, we, we had the idea. Um, we will not be playing a game on this week's show just because we packed a lot of shit into this episode. There is a lot happening, so you savor it. You know, you got to spread it out. 
Okay, that being said, we do have a little something extra for that ass, and that is that Ooh. Matt Stewart's is actually going to join us in our twist on 31 Days of Halloween, talking about home invasion movies. Um, I'm going to be real here. I actually don't have a list, but oh. I, I have a general idea. Of, you just of that good, ones. huh? Yeah. I'm you just cocky gonna... son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, we'll let our guest go first. Uh, Matt, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I have a I have this little list that I put together actually from Googling uh, home invasion <laughs> films because I was nice. like, okay, uh, what are all the home invasion films? And so actually so I kind of put this together even thinking like some of these are a weird choice, but I mean, they're great films, but it's like – so before like, we before uh, we go uh, into all of them, let's yeah, let's do yeah. let's build the suspense. Okay, let's sweet. do one at a time. So Jacob, what what are you wanting to do? Like one one from the past? Let's let's um yeah, let's do one, Matt, that you think might you know, it might be popular per se, but you think it's worth revisiting. Okay. So Okay, let me go with one of the older ones. So yeah. this is like the classic everyone has heard of this film, but uh I'll just go with the first 10 minutes of When a Stranger Calls. The first 10 minutes. Oh, no, I got you. Because, I mean, the rest of the movie is garbage. Let's face it. The first 10 minutes is amazing, but the rest of the movie is terrible. That's good. That's a good one. That's a good one. And we're talking about the original, right? Yeah, yeah. The original. I haven't even calls. seen the remake. I okay. assume the remake's just all bad. Oh, shit. Oh, I totally forgot about the remake. Oh, it was terrible, man. You it was, motherfucker. It was, it was awful. Um, so mine that everyone has definitely seen, or you should have seen already, uh, but definitely worth revisiting, or if you haven't seen it, get your ass uh, out there and get it, uh, is Inside, coming out of France. I had a strong suspicion Inside. you would go with that one. Yeah. I, I, it's a classic. It is, it is. And I just remember... Um, just on a whim buying that because that's when Dimension Extreme, like DVD wasn't dead yet. Yeah. So Dimension Extreme was like a big deal. And I saw like uh, a, a lot of movies came out of those guys. So we just bought, uh, you know, inside on a whim and popped it in and we just could not believe what we were seeing. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out for whatever reason, this one gets the, uh, the comparison to martyrs all the time, I guess mm. just cause they're kind of both uh, in that conversation of French extremism and yep. stuff. Um, I kind of prefer inside. I can, no, I mean well, controversial. Inside's so much more fun, though. Oh yeah. So yeah, inside like Martyrs is really not a fun film. I, I don't <laughs> think anyone could say. No. But, uh, in, inside, at least in my opinion, I mean, I like some kind of fucked up stuff, but Inside is so fun. Now I will say, uh, for anybody who's tuning in for the first time, and you know, we might have some new people to horror. Uh, some of these, especially the home invasion subgenre, maybe not the most. The, the greatest place to jump in as a beginner and especially inside it's uh it will really test you as a viewer so viewer be beware do it chad you got anything Very for true. um the, the worth revisiting i guess yeah um yeah, i do I, I was able to think of one that really stood out to me uh it's not the best movie in the world but it is a older home invasion movie with a little bit of a twist that some of the other home invasion movies don't have okay People Under the Stairs? I thought about People oh, Under the Stairs. I really nice. did. It's a you know, villain turn, victim turn, hero kind of throughout the story. It's very, very strange, but still kind of a home invasion type flick. No, it definitely is. Yeah, we can we can call it that. Yeah, I'll put it in. All right, for mine, um, you know, it had to be on this list somewhere, so I figured this is where I was going to put it. You're next. Okay. Oh. I mean, yes. Yeah, come on. I mean, it's a fun, fun home invasion film. I, I think we can all say the, the fun word on this one. You can't say that too often with home evasion. At least I don't think so. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like nearly full on comedy in a good way. <laughs> right. I mean, when you kill a motherfucker with a blender, I mean, you're, you're, you're taking a turn <laughs> exactly. at some point. Exactly. Um, I remember watching that one in theaters and I think I was like me and one other dude were like, we're in the theater, which is always my favorite, to be honest with you. Um, and we, we both like, once the credits wrapped, we stood up, like we cleaned up our seats and dust the popcorn off. We just kind of look at each other and give them this, this, uh, dual nod of approval, like, like, <laughs> like nod of approval mm-hmm. between the two of us. Like that, that was good. That was good. All right, Matt. Do you have anything that we might have missed? Oh, man, that you might have missed. Yeah, home invasion uh, so, that might have flew under the radar a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like this one's maybe not super under the radar, but it is a foreign film, and it's not in English, so it probably qualifies. Uh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the movie Kidnapped, the yes. Spanish film. Oh, shit, that is literally mine. So uh, take it oh, away, man. Matt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've only ever seen it once, and it was years ago, actually also at Fantastic Fest, but... Uh, it's just this great little Spanish film where it's like I think the whole movie is like 10 shots or something like that. It's just like a very like almost real time like couple moves or a family moves into a house and then like these guys are coming after them. And it's just like it's so like tightly shot and like the cinematography is just amazing. And I, they do some crazy thing at one point where there's like two different angles like playing at the same time and then yeah. they somehow yeah. combine. I just remember being like kind of blown away technically by it. And just like it just the movie just doesn't really drag. And I think the camera work helps with that a lot, too. And it does not um, doesn't pull any punches, especially with that ending. It's it's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. um, This one is definitely on the not fun side of home invasion. It's not fun at all. Not fun at all. It is available on Netflix right now. So if anybody wants to check it out, watch it. Um, I believe there's an English dub that floats around. Do not watch the English dub. It is atrocious just suck it up uh read the, read the subtitles but yeah i that is my list as well i totally agree if you're into home invasion it's one you need to see luke what you got yeah so as far as sliding under the radar uh, i'm gonna go with a movie called static oh yeah yeah. have you ever seen Static? yes it's been a while I actually i have never seen it Okay, so this one, and I'm not surprised because this is one of those that, like, you ever open up your phone and you just go through, like, the the iTunes store, the Google Play store, or whatever, and look at the horror genre, and you see, like, the same posters, like, over and over again? Yep. So one day I was like, fuck it. Like, I keep seeing this, like, gas mask guy, like, on, on the, in the store, so I'm just going to rent it and I'll watch it. Um, the first, I mean, fuck, pretty much all of it is, like, the most formulaic you know, home invasion movie that you can possibly imagine. Like, you know, there's a a married couple that are in distress for some reason. Uh, You know, a girl shows up at their home unannounced and then it turns out some people are chasing her and all this stuff. Um, The thing is, is that this movie is not that at all. It does such a good job at making you believe that it's the most formulaic and stereotypical home invasion movie on earth. But when those fucking credits, by the time those credits roll, <laughs> like I could not believe the twist that came Surprise, at me. Surprise, motherfucker! No, I mean, that's, that's legit. Like I could not believe the twist that came at me. Nice. I, it's been a while. I need to, you're, I, maybe I need to move that one to my revisited list, you know? Yeah, perhaps. Chad, what you got, man? Something that uh, may have flew under the radar. You got anything on that one? I really don't have any of that. Okay, that's okay. I mean, you don't have to have anything. I just thought you might. Just thought you wanted to participate. That's fine. Matt, did you come up with anything that's available on Netflix that people need to check out? Oh, that. So I don't know if this is on Netflix or not, but it's definitely on VOD. That's fair. That's fair. So so I feel like this is a maybe a controversial one because I know a lot of people hate it, but but I love it. And uh, it's uh, Eli Roth's Knock Knock. Oh. 
I have definitely seen, you know, both extremes of that of that opinion. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, yeah, I have. And I actually thought that it was one of his uh by far one of his better directed pieces. Uh Keanu's awesome in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keanu is like next level Nicolas Cage Keanu in that movie. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Next level Keanu Nicolas Cage. Yeah, what I didn't realize is that that was actually a remake. Oh, I actually didn't realize that either. Yeah, like uh, the guy that ended up reviewing it for us, Chris Crumb. <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> he, uh, he actually, I think it was actually called something else. I'm not sure what it was called Knock Knock. I'll have to look up a review and, and double check that. But yeah, sure as shit, like the screenplay is straight up yanked from something else. But like in an official way, not Roth was like, you know, stealing okay. or plagiarizing. He's, he's credited. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure you nailed it on the head. I think I, I think I saw that on Netflix today. So uh, good, good work there, Matt. If it's not on oh, Netflix, cool. it's on it's on either Amazon or Hulu because we ran the yeah. the, the VOD that's post, right. so it's there. But yeah, right. it just it's like I would say that's also kind of a fun one, but also kind of not at all. But it's just a good mix of like you're definitely gonna be laughing and you're gonna be a little terrified, and uh, it's worth it for the performances. I mean, for full, sure. of, full of sexy people too, you know, Keon, the, uh, Keanu oh, yeah, and there's the ladies, some beautiful so. girls in there. There's Keanu if you're a lady, or, or, or if you're, if, you know, <laughs> you're just alive. <laughs> that's, that's true. Every, who's not into Keanu? <laughs> I mean, you need. He's to got his least. shirt off a lot in it too. Woo! <laughs> All right, Luke, what you got for me on Netflix? Um, Are you ready? You want me to come back to you? Yeah, come back to okay, me. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and. Uh, Chad, do you have anything, or do you want me to jump the line? Yeah, go ahead and jump. I'll jump the line. So we talked about this one not too long ago, and this one also has a, you know both sides of the crowd. Some people love it. Some people hate it. We like it. I think Hush. I think Hush is a good one to, to check yeah, out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. That was on my list, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, I know some people argue that it's not really that unique, and I, I kind of see it, but I, I like the fact that we have our... Um, protagonist that can't hear so it adds a new dimension to this break-in that we wouldn't get otherwise you know i guess i I guess i can follow that up i'm not sure if you can call this home invasion but if you're on netflix and look i can't necessarily argue for this one and say that it's a good movie (laughs) um but i can say that i enjoyed watching it that's fair okay um so christy on netflix okay okay i'm i'm not sure if i've seen christy matt you see christy I have I have seen it, yeah, yeah, and I, I dug it too. Yeah, so it's one of those movies, and you kind of have to suspend a lot of disbelief when you're working with with home invasion in general. Uh, this one, you have to suspend like an, an extra amount, <laughs> right? But uh, that being said, it's a really cool concept that isn't really um, tackled that often. And instead of home invasion, it's more of like a like everyone leaves for like a winter break or some shit on the college campus, mm-hmm. except for one girl and uh, the these these people, these this group of Satanists basically uh, take over the school to. Uh, kill people that uh, are of privilege i guess after it, everyone's already left though yeah well the thing is it's a it's an off chance encounter that happens at a gas station she's she's driving because she's not a girl of privilege she is driving her roommate's bmw oh shit yeah. okay i have seen this one. Oh no shit yeah it, it just for whatever reason wasn't clicking but now that you you give me this rundown i'm like oh yeah i remember now okay no yeah, no, yeah. no i'm with you go continue i'm sorry no, man, was i was excited good. that i knew it <laughs> i was excited but yeah it's it's a fresh spin on things that i thought was was pretty cool it's a it's a pretty film and uh, you can watch it right now on Netflix, I, I, I say you should. And the premise is so wacky in that movie, but it still <laughs> somehow pulls it off. Like it's a weird premise. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But at the same time, I can't say I've ever seen any shit like that before. <laughs> no, so. no, it's it's original for sure. Yeah, Chad, did you get, come up with anything? Or are you just gonna you just gonna sit this one out? Sorry, yeah, I couldn't find one on Netflix. You just sit in this one out, you lazy son of a bitch. Yeah. All right, Matt, did you have any extras in there you wanted to throw in? Just some some extras for whatever reason. Um, I could just go through a couple just real quick that. 
you know, I'm a huge fan of High Tension, which mm, beginning. Yeah, yeah, I was close just, to that one. I was real close as well. Just, I mean, for the gore alone, like that. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead, and go ahead and spoil it, but that head smash is like next with, level with the with the bookcase or the piano or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah, that is. Yeah, with the bookcase. Yeah, Dude, I use that gif so often. Like, I I, I <laughs> love that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, and then just like, also a huge fan of uh, funny games. We had a lot of the uh, the fans on Twitter shouting out that that was one of their favorites as well. So are, are, we, are we talking original or remake? Um, so I have actually only ever seen the remake. Okay. You and know what? Honestly, the original's on my list yeah. of things to see, but I someone was telling me, like, just watch the remake. I'm in the same boat. Actually, I've never seen the original one. I hear it's better than the remake, but I, I cannot confirm nor deny. It seems like most people like the remake. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of either, but whatever. <laughs> Luke, any extras for you? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. I mean, I think it, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the number one movie that everyone said uh, on Twitter. I have a bad feeling. Uh, the Strangers, right? Yeah. So, okay. look, I don't think The Strangers is a bad movie. Um, it's one of those movies that I really want to love. Every every like year yeah. or so, like I try to watch it again. I'm like, man, maybe because horror is one of those things, man, where you kind of have to be in the right mindset sometimes. And I keep thinking, like, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood for it because everyone loves it so much, and I just don't see it, man. I don't see. It. I think it has some of the most brilliant sound design like mm-hmm. ever. Um, but as far as like an awesome home invasion movie, I just don't get it. I think it maybe hit at a time where there wasn't a lot of home invasion. At least, like, I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, I haven't really seen a home invasion film in a while. Because I remember liking it a lot in theaters. And I I think the plot's kind of dumb. And, like, the <laughs> the characters act really stupid, which annoys me. But yeah, I, yeah, I think, I, as you were saying, like, cinematography and the sound design kind of, like, make it work when maybe it shouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, I, I will never forget just how fucking frightened I was. Like the first time someone beats on the door, like it sounded like someone was beating on my door. Like it is. Hell yeah, it's creepy as hell. Yeah, yeah, it's very good in that regard. Chad, anything? Any extras you want to throw in? Uh, I've got an honorable mention. Mention it's not really a uh, it's not really a home invasion, but the uh, I think it's worth mentioning because it's still one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Was the beginning sequence with Drew Barrymore of the original Scream movie? There's kind of a home invasion oh. scene going on that's, there. That's interesting. That's, that's, I, I could see your choice. take. That's still yeah. one of my favorite uh, creepiest home invasion kills. I would throw out one more uh, just around, uh, and I think this is one of my favorites, okay. I'd say. Um, the Collector. I think. Yeah, a lot of people wanted The Collector totally. as well. For, for whatever reason, like I'm not sure why that movie doesn't get more love. Like Whenever I think of like people trying to create like a modern horror icon you've got like mm. victor crowley in the in the hatchet franchise and you know a lot of like none of them feel like they have staying power to me except for the collector i feel like i can put him like if i had like 20 years from now when people are putting dolls of leatherface and michael myers and all these people in their yard for halloween i feel like the collector should be in that group i mean that's, that's fair. amazing so I knew that there was going to be some new listeners today, and I, and I you know, the home invasion is not an, an easy one to jump into unless you've been watching a lot of horror films. So I, I wanted to throw out at least one what I thought was going to be an easy gateway, I guess, into the subgenre. And it's kind of been in the rules a little bit of home invasion, but I went with uh, Disturbia, the Shia LaBeouf film. You guys yeah, remember that good. one? It's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting choice. It's not home invasion, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's a little. 
little home invasion man. We got a little bit of elements. You got to ease a motherfucker into home invasion. You just can't drop somebody into home invasion and expect them to enjoy that shit. Um, I actually just thought of two more. Jesus Christ. I know. Fuck it, though. This, I mean, this, this is good stuff. Oh, um, it better be. <laughs> so, uh, first one is one that we talk about all the time on the show. It's a very divisive movie. Uh, I still stand by. I still think it's one of the scariest movies I've seen uh, in the last, you know, five, maybe ten years. Uh, Derek Mungers, You Are Not Alone. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I, I, that one's going to be divisive, though. It's, it's sure as shit going to be divisive. Another one is um, called Beautiful People. Uh, it is... It's older, isn't it? No, this one... Uh, it, it, I think it came out last year. I still don't think it has U.S. distribution, but if you go to the Monster Pictures website, they're an Australian distribution company. Uh, they actually have it where you can rent it through their YouTube channel, so you can watch oh. it even if you're in oh, the U.S. Nice. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, this one is like a home invasion movie that turns into a monster movie, and that is pretty rad. Interesting. I have not seen that one. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen it, but I want to see it now. Well, you can go to YouTube, I guess, right? Yeah, Monster that's, Pictures. That's Monster Pictures. Cool. So there you go. If you want to get into, um, or if you want to sprinkle in some home invasion into your watching list for October, there's a shit ton of home invasion movies, man. I mean, you can't can complain I, on that I one. one. Oh, please do, Matt. Okay, so this is, uh, I mean, it's a classic. It's very well known, but probably not good for the new viewer. I'm going to throw it in anyways, and I'm just going to go with Last House on the Left, the oh. original. Yes, yeah. that is a great one, Last House. I mean, it's what movie gets to an ending like that? No other movie. Like, you're not going to find another movie that ends the way, quite the way that that film does. You know, that one is an interesting pick because obviously, you know, we're modernhorrors.com and blah, blah, blah. And I, I think a lot of like the old school horror films are sort of, sort of looked back on with rose tinted glasses. Uh, that yeah. is not one of them. Uh, I remember. No, it's, it's not highly liked by a lot of people. So I remember getting that one on DVD at like Best Buy. So that tells you the time frame of like the first time that I watched the original. And I just like, I was like, well, this is a classic. I need to watch it. Yeah. I need to know what it's about. And uh, I was expecting to be underwhelmed. Like, yeah, I'm sure, sure. it's hardcore for when it came out, but yeah. it doesn't stand up now. Fuck, it sure does, man. Like, it still stands up. My only complaint with that film is the Keystone Cop kind of, like, sprinkled no, I agree. in. That yeah. music is so bad. But, I mean, uh, you almost... I don't think you need that level of, of comedic effect, but you almost need something, because that is a heavy fucking film. It is true. I actually... I saw the remake first, so I was like... I feel oh. like I... I felt like I had an idea of what I was getting into when I saw the original, and I did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Yeah, to be fair, I think that's one of the better horror remakes as well. I thought that was a really good one. Um, but yeah, the original, there's just something about it, man. I don't know. It's, it just feels dirty, and that's like the way that movie should feel. Oh, yeah, for sure. Viewer discretion heavily advised on that one if you have not. <laughs> right. So. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for this one. Uh, special thanks to Matt Stewart for hanging out with us, talking about Home Invasion, talking about Tonight She Comes, talking about Rewind, which is available on October 14th. Just talking and talking. Friday. I love it. Just so much talking. Thanks so, for having me on, guys. <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Uh, until next week, thank you. We love you. We are out of here.